John chapter 15, the background is that at this point, Jesus is almost to his crucifixion. It's been his, his three and a half years of ministry is pretty much over. He's already been in the upper room with his disciples. He's already shown them what communion's going to be, the breaking of the bread, the taking of the cup. He's already done that. Judas has already left to betray him. And now him and the eleven are walking from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to pray and be betrayed. And it seems like along the way, maybe they go through the temple kind of courts. And what Josephus, a historian, tells us is that they're above uh, the entrance to the temple was this golden, intricate vine with grapes and stuff on it. So we don't know, but I'm kind of a visual person. So in my mind, Jesus is walking through with his 11 disciples. Judas is gone. And maybe he stops and he says, do you see this? And, he, and he's looking at this picture of the vine and the branches. And here in John 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So Jesus talking to his disciples, very important. He's not talking to a huge crowd. He's specifically talking to the 11 followers who have been with him. And he begins to share with them this teaching on the vine and the branches. So they would have known in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah had referred to Israel as the vine or the vineyard of God. But now Jesus is saying, I'm the vine. Not that. I am the vine. And he says, my father is the vine dresser. So how many of you have a garden at your house at home? Okay. How many of you grow tomato plants? Okay. For me, I've never grown grapes, but I've had tomato plants. And I, I think that's a very similar picture. You have kind of the central... I'm going to use vine because that's the, the word that Jesus uses here. Not quite the same picture, but there's the, the center core trunk, if you will. And then there's the branches that come off that have the fruit on them. Well, Jesus says, I'm the vine. If you picture a, a vine with grapes growing on it, he says, I'm that vine. I'm that center, that trunk, that center vine there that comes up from the roots. And he says, my father is the vine dresser. My father's the one who comes and he takes care of the garden. His job is to come and to make sure it's healthy. I think that's a really cool picture of our heavenly father. He's there not looking to discipline or to rebuke or to chasten in a negative way. He's there looking to make sure there's health in the plant. He's there looking to tend it and care for it. And sometimes some of those things that we don't like are healthy, rebuking and chastening. Those are things that are good for us sometimes. But he's doing it for the health of the plant. He's looking for something. Jesus in verse 2, he says, Every branch 
in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That sounds a little, like, uncomfortable, right? Every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Uh, some of you, if you work in your garden, maybe you just, your parents do it. You know that at some points, if you're not looking at the garden, these, we call them suckers, will grow. And they grow out, and they, they never bear any fruit. But they look like a branch, and they look like it's going to be healthy. And it'll even sometimes get flowers on it, but then there's never actually any fruit. And what it does, it takes away from the health of the vine in general. It takes away from the health of the whole plant. And what he says is, my father, he comes and he takes those away. Sometimes this word is translated lifts up. So in, in the vineyards in Israel, maybe you've seen a vineyard where they've got like a cool trellis and the vine is up hanging on it. And it's really cool. People like to like get married there and stuff because it looks awesome. Right. But in Israel, they didn't do that. They had the vines out on the ground and they'd prop them up on rocks or on things to keep them up out of the dirt. But sometimes if a, a branch would fall down in the dirt, it wouldn't be healthy. And a vine dresser would come and he'd pick it up out of the dirt and he'd clean it and he'd set it up on the rocks so that the sun could shine on it so that it could, it could become healthy. But then if it never did get health, then it, would, it wasn't a, a good branch. So Jesus says, if you think you're in me, but you're not bearing any fruit. My heavenly father, he comes, he, he either cleans it off or he takes it away. And sometimes that's hard for us to be like, wait, what? What's that, what's that mean? I think the next part is even harder for me. He says, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Pruning doesn't sound like a fun thing to me. It doesn't sound like something that I want to happen in my life. But what he's doing is he's making healthy and even healthier, even the branches that are bearing fruit. So if you read through this passage, you'll hear a couple words pop out because they're mentioned so many times. He mentions fruit so many times. Even just in this verse, he mentions it three times. And he's going to mention abide. And those two things have a, a very clear connection that he's talking about. So he says, even the branches that do bear fruit, he prunes them. He takes care of them to make sure that Healthy fruit is coming from them. He, he takes away those suckers. He takes away the things that are going to drain the life of the vine, drain the life of the branch. He takes those things away so that the fruit that is born is good and healthy. And he says, you, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You and I, most of you, are here because maybe your parents got saved at some point, maybe your grandparents. You're involved in a church because someone in your family, somewhere along the way, found Jesus, and you're here. Maybe you're here, and you're like, I don't know anything about this Jesus stuff, but my friend said it would be fun, so I came with him. We're here because God's Word cleanses a sinner. Right? God's word is what we're here to do. So he says in Psalm 119, the psalmist 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. God's word has a cleaning effect. That's one of the reasons why we gather and we open God's word and we talk about it. We don't come and gather and open a book about, I don't know, football, 
baseball, music. We're not just here talking about music. We're opening God's word because God's word has a cleaning effect. Is what Jesus says. My word has made you clean. You're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. If you're here and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, not just your parent's Savior, not just your friend's Savior, not just some God that you heard about in church or in Sunday school, but if He is your personal Savior, if you've accepted His payment for your sins and accepted Him into your life, and you take His Word and you apply it to your life, He says, My Word makes you clean. That's pretty important. You, you struggle in life. You've got hard things that happen. You've got things that are going on. And you think, I just can't stop doing these things. Fill your life with God's word. Fill your life with God's word. It has a cleaning effect. Hide it in your heart. Make room for God's word. Because that is the thing that changes the lives of people all around you. Your parents, your grandparents, your friend, your friend's parents. Whoever it is, you're here because someone's life got changed by God. And his word had a pretty important part in that. Jesus says, you, talking to his disciples, you're clean already because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you. I want to emphasize this here. He's talking about... We don't use abide very often, but he's talking about this connection, this solid thing that, that is happening between him and his disciples. He's saying, abide in me. Live your whole life in me. The decisions you make, make them in me. Be connected in me. Abide totally and completely in me, and let me abide totally and completely in you. There's a connection here that's not a half-hearted thing. He's saying, abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What does it look like to abide? Right? It's a word we don't use all the time. He says the picture here is the vine and the branch. There's no life in a branch on a tree once you break it off from the tree and you throw it in the wood pile. It dies. There's no life. But as long as it's connected to a good, healthy, living tree, there's life in that branch. There's the sap that, that flows and brings life. It says, just like a branch needs to abide in a vine, you need to abide in me. Your life needs to be connected to me. The life that you need, I have it. You need to draw it from me. You don't need to draw it from social media. You don't need to draw it from TV, from movies, from the internet. The life that you need is only found in Jesus Christ. So stay connected to me the same way that a branch must stay connected to the vine. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Right? I am the vine. The life comes from me. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. This, this passage is talking about bearing fruit. Having some, something come from your life that's valuable. 
your young men, young women heading into adulthood in the not-too-distant future, what do you want your life to look like? Do you want your life to bring forth good fruit for the kingdom of God, or do you want your life to not bring forth good fruit? He says, if you want fruit, you need to abide in me. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And this next thing says, for without me, you can do what? Without me, you can do what? Nothing. He doesn't say, without me, you can do a little bit. You can kind of scrape by and make it work. No, he says, without me, you can do absolutely nothing. Without me, your life doesn't have any eternal value. Without me, you can do nothing. But when you abide, when the life of Christ is in you, then you can bear much fruit. Those are the two options here. Life and fruit from Jesus Christ, or separation from Jesus Christ and nothing. See, the world wants to tell you something different. The world wants to tell you fame, popularity, money, drugs, alcohol, sex. Those things are what you know, life is really about. Those things are where it's at. But if that was true then why are there still millionaires going into to rehab, going to psychologists, because they're just not happy? Why are they still committing suicide? Why, then, isn't the drug addict the happiest person in the world if drugs are the answer? Why isn't the prostitute the happiest person in the world if sex is the answer? Why is AA a thing if alcohol was the answer? Because all those things aren't. But if you listen to culture, if you listen to what the world says, that's where you're going to find your meaning, your satisfaction. That's where you're going to find the purpose in your life. You're going to become a TikTok superstar. And then you'll finally have achieved and you'll be set. You'll be good. But it's not true. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. You're not going to find satisfaction. You're not going to find life. You're not going to find purpose and value in those things. It only comes through abiding, being connected to Jesus Christ. Only comes from Him. That's where life comes from. Without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6 here. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They are gathered, and they gather them, they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them, they throw them into the fire, and they are burned. That's pretty harsh. The, the branch off of a vine... It's not like, like a, a branch on a tree that you can save the wood and burn it to heat your house or you can carve it into something or use it to make something. The branch on a vine is really only good for one thing, bringing forth fruit. And he says if you're not bringing forth fruit, then there's no value. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no value in a branch that doesn't bear fruit of 
of the vine. He says they're withered, they're gathered, they're thrown in the fire, and they're burned. He says, but if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. He says, if you are connected to me like that branch, if you are drawing your life, your energy, your sustenance from me, and my word they're abiding in you. They're that life. They're that thing that you're drawing from. If you're abiding in me and I'm abiding in you and my word's abiding in you, so you'll ask what you desire and it will be done for you. That sounds pretty great, right? Your prayer life, there's going to be strength in your prayer life. You're going to ask God and he's going to answer your prayers. Now, don't be confused. This isn't the prosperity gospel you can find somewhere else where it's like, oh, if I just have enough faith, I'm going to ask for a Lamborghini and it's just going to show up in my driveway. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is abiding in Christ. Your life is being drawn from Christ. Your spiritual life, your growth is coming from him. His word is in you. You're being conformed and made into his image and his character the priorities of your life are now determined by the life of the vine, not by the desires of the branch. The desires are coming from that life-giving vine. It says then when you're asking those things, you're asking the right things, and it's going to be done. It's going to be taken care of. But the priority here is abiding. It's staying connected to Jesus Christ. And he says here, You will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Do you know what the desire of God is for your life? That you would bear much fruit. That's God's plan for your life. That's what he wants for you that you would bear much fruit. God's plan isn't to torment you and torture you. God's plan isn't to make you look like a fool. God's plan isn't to dangle things in front of you that you'll never reach. God's plan is that your life bears fruit. And the fruit that he's talking about is an eternal fruit, something that's going to last forever. God's glorified that you bear not just a little bit of fruit, much fruit. That happens from that connection with Jesus. That happens from being in fellowship with Jesus Christ. The things that we're doing today, tomorrow, Saturday morning, this is supposed to kickstart you in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're doing great already. Maybe you've got just a, an awesome prayer time. You wake up every day, you read your Bible, and you're doing great. And you're like, what I really need is just an extra boost. I just want to grow close to the Lord. That's what we're here to do. If you're here and you're like, you know what, I have never been farther from Jesus. I'm not really even that interested in Him. I'm interested in seeing what kind of games we're going to play. I'm interested in that pretty girl that I saw. I'm interested in something else. I'm interested in just getting away from my house. 
sure there's someone here who fits each of those things. I was the one who would have come in high school because there was a pretty girl coming. It's okay. But what we're doing here is we're giving you an opportunity to be connected to that vine. We're asking you, put away your cell phones. Put away your distractions. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to open God's word together. We're going to talk about God's word. We're going to fellowship with the believers of Christ. That's what it looks like in life today to abide in Christ. And what's cool is you can go home, back to your home Saturday afternoon. And you know what you can do? You can open God's word. You can pray. You can find ways to fellowship with the believers. You're here because there's some kind of church that's connected with you in some way where you can go. You can plug in. This is what it looks like to abide in Jesus Christ. Make time to draw your life, your energy from Jesus. Make time for God's word to clean you and cleanse you, to shape the way that you think, the motives of your heart, the things that you desire. Make time for God's word to penetrate your life. Right? That sap that comes up through the roots, through the vine, into the branches. Let that be God's word, God's Holy Spirit in your life. Let him speak to you. You have something you, you need an answer about. You don't know what to do with your life. Maybe you're going into senior year. You just graduated from high school and you're like, man, I don't know what to do with my life. There's all this pressure now. Open God's word. All right, God. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I want to seek you. You're in 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, and you're like, what am I supposed to be? I don't quite fit in. I don't feel like I'm who I should be. Open God's Word. Let God's Word define that for you. Let God's Word be the life that drives you. You should look. You should be like, all right, this is how I should act because this is what God's Word says. This is how I should talk to my parents because this is what God's Word says. That's a hard one when you're in high school. Wait, what? I have to do what to my parents? They tell me to take out the trash. It's horrible. That was also really hard for me, and now I still have to do it because I'm a father and a husband. I'm like, man, I didn't even grow out of it yet. I have a son, though. There's hope. He's, he's four, but I'm training him. You can do it. You can do it. Here. This has nothing to do with the teaching, but I took the trash out this morning, and... Uh, I saw that something had gotten into my trash and ripped the lid off, and I was like, man, those squirrels. And I went to drop the bag, and I was like, oh, there's a raccoon in my trash can. It was cute. He was a little one, but I still didn't want to get too close. Once again, that has nothing to do with the vine and abiding, but <laughs> you look like you could use something to wake you up. You know, Dave was back there sleeping. I saw it. We, we all... We, you look at the, the older people around here. We know what it's like to be a teenager. You have a lot of things going on. You have a lot of things that you can focus your mind, your time, your energy on. Some of you are great at sports. Some of you are great at music. Some of you are great at art. Some of you are great at not caring about anything. I was also kind of like that. But you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. 
God doesn't want to see you waste it. God wants to see fruit born. And the great thing is, that comes through Jesus Christ. I've never walked down the street and seen like this tree just shaking. Man, what is that tree doing? Oh, that tree, he's trying to bear fruit. He's working really, really hard to bear fruit. No. No, he's, that, that branch, it's just connected to the trunk, and then there's roots. No, that tree, he's, he's really working hard to bear fruit. No, that, that tree just, it abides. The branch is connected to the trunk. And the life flows through it. And as that life flows through, fruit comes. For you and for me, it's the same thing. You want to bear fruit? You want your life to have value and meaning and purpose? Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the life that flows through Jesus Christ. Be connected to that. Abide in that. Live there. Very practical, simple things that go with that. Read your Bible. If it's really hard for you to read your Bible, I challenge you for the summer, start out reading for five minutes. Each morning, wake up. Whatever time you wake up, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Wake up at 9 o'clock. Like, all right, I'm going to brush my teeth, because you should do that too. I'm going to get some coffee or tea or whatever it is you drink, and I'm going to take five minutes, and I'm going to read God's Word. And then after a week, be like, you know what? I'm going to push it to seven minutes. I'm feeling brave. 10 minutes. But you know what? When you're 30, 40, 50, you look back at your life and you're like, man, I started reading my Bible for five minutes and I've been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years. You're going to look back and you're going to be like, there's not a better thing that I could have done with my time. What's really hard is be like, you know what? I'm going to pray for five minutes and I'm going to stay awake. I challenge you to get out of your bed. Don't try and pray in your bed. Never works well. Make time. Find time. You know what? I call myself a Christian. You know what makes a Christian? Someone who lets God's word speak to him. Someone who talks with God. Someone who has the life of Christ inside of them. So if you don't know what it's like to have the life of Christ in you, maybe you need to to pray about that. Lord, have I ever asked you to be my Savior? Have I ever asked you to live in me? Have I ever actually given my heart to you? And if you want a life that has value, read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. Those, those are some pretty simple things. Hopefully your parents are already making you do those things. But do it willingly. You know what? I'm, I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm going to take, take a couple minutes before I turn the TV on, before I go to practice, before I do this thing. I'm just going to read my Bible. You know what? Before I climb into bed tonight, I'm going to pray. I'm going to thank God for the good things he's done in my life today. I want to thank God for the life that he's given me. And you watch. You watch that life begin to grow. And you watch the fruit that begins to come out of that. When I was in high school, I, like I said, I, I didn't really come, I wouldn't have come to something like this unless there was a girl that I liked who was coming. 
our church, we did here winter retreats. I only went because of a couple of my friends going. And it wasn't until college that I was like, all right, maybe this Jesus thing is real. Because I tried some other stuff, and it was empty, and I was broken, and I was miserable. But I, I found life in Jesus Christ. And that's offered to you. That's there as an opportunity for you to take it. It's as simple as that. So we're going we're gonna to worship here in a second. But if you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I want my life. I want there to be value from my life. I don't want it just to be wasted. Make a commitment to, to start doing these things. I encourage you, there is a man or a woman who drove you here, who took time off from work or who took time away from their families to get you here. Maybe just say, hey, can you pray with me? Because I want that life. I want that for myself. I don't know that I have that. Go ahead and pray with them. Commit to seeking the Lord and abiding in Him, just like a branch. Commit to letting Him shape you into His image and His likeness. So we're going to worship here, and then in a minute or two, I'm going to dismiss you to go get some food. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I know that I am a weak vessel to try and convey these things that you spoke to your disciples uh, but Lord, I know that your Holy Spirit is here, is present, so I do ask that you would speak to the hearts and the minds of everyone who's gathered. We do ask that you would receive our praise now. We ask that you would continue to move. We ask that you would bless our night. We pray these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.